When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk or anywhere you get your podcast today. As always, we're recapping a little Tomlin Tuesday Diving into the Hall of Fame semifinalists and uh, going back to the Bengals game for a little uh, TJ Watt shade that was thrown by uh, Lael Collins. We'll toss that one right out there at the beginning. As always, it's a beautiful day out here in the Berg. Best day in a while out here in the Berg. Certainly. How are you feeling, my friend? I uh, feel good. feel good. Um, it, was an, it was an interesting time on Tuesday. It's like it's getting... The more I do this, the more it's a little easier to read between the lines on that guy. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, he tries to give you as little as possible, but even when someone gives you as little as possible, you can tell when they want you to know things um, when they're not saying things explicitly. So it's, 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 it's interesting to listen to him, especially because this past game was like, you know, where, you know, usually during this, this, uh, this Wednesday podcast, we look ahead to the next game, but that last game was interesting. Just, just the way it played out. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to decide to dive back into it a little bit. Yeah, I feel like the Monday night game kind of like shies you away from looking too far ahead because you've so mm-hmm. long before mm-hmm. the game. But give, give me what what were you what were you feeling there? What you got an example of uh reading between the cause I agree, you know, Mike Tomlin is a bag of little words, lots of phrases, and a ton of meaning. But you have to understand who Mike Tomlin is before you know you actually get that meaning. That's why uh Shout out to uh, the buddy. You know, we're going to talk about this twice, but did you notice who uh, who asked the like first or second question there and, and got a one word answer? And I was like, ah, yeah, um, yeah, you know, it's very Kenny made some uh, I forget the word was, but it was, <laughs> it was like exemplary or yeah. something throws stepping up in the pocket. And again, not wrong, but we're talking about how great Kenny is and how everyone else is letting him down. Um, I don't know. There's. I'm not I'm not a Kenny hater, but man, there's there's one guy in that in that press conference every week who <laughs> who is really looking out for Kenny. Uh, who loves dude. that guy? Shout out to him though. Like a lot of respect for showing back up because I'll I'm I'm taking a week off. Like if I if I asked that question to Mike Tomlin and I got those responses, you know, I'd I'd wait until after the Colts game and be like, oh, I'm not traveling to Indy. This is uh this is fine. I'll be there on Tuesday. But yeah. I you know, you know, good for him. Good for him. Well, a couple of things that he did talk about. The first one, obviously, injuries. We've got to recap the injuries. Jalen Moore in a hamstring. Mason Cole, a foot, was seen in a walking boot yesterday at the locker room. And then the third one was Miles Boykin, who has an oblique injury. I won't lie. I'm not even 100% sure what an oblique is, but uh, I've been just rolling with that one. Just like, oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a that's a medical term, no doubt. All three of them somewhat expected to practice throughout the week all uncertain for Monday, except for maybe Mason Cole. Uh, he's been through this a couple of times this season. Do you expect, do, w- w- 
this early, do you expect anybody to miss Monday's game? Do you kind of look at it like, oh, maybe this isn't, you know, the easiest opportunity for Jalen Warren to get back or Miles Boykin to get back? Yeah. Um, Mason, like you said, like you alluded to, Mason Cole, I'm not super concerned about. I think he'll no. probably be out there. Um, Boykin, Boykin and Warren, I think, are more up in the air. I think the fact that – because Jalen Warren's injury was real early in the game. I think yeah. the fact that he didn't come back, that that's, tells you a little bit of something. But – Again, like you said, again, like you said about the Monday night game, like we are so our timeline has been pushed back even by a day, but still we're we're still early in the timeline. So I think um, there'll be a lot that happens over the course of this week that that tells us a lot um, tells us a lot more. Right now, it just seems a little foggy, a little hard to tell. Um, Do you look at it as an opportunity for Najee to kind of? showcase himself if he's because you know he had a good game back-to-back good games over 90 yards you know multiple touchdowns if it's just him out there you can't really expect Benny Snell to to take on much workload if he touches the football at all but do you do you look at this like uh, well this is Najee's chance to just kind of shut a lot of people up I think he's done that already quite honestly like I, I don't know I'm not worried about Najee anymore like like you said back-to-back good games um I, I don't I think it will tell us something if he is able to do this without kind of the threat of Jalen Warren out there. Um, mm-hmm. So to that extent, yeah, probably. Um, but no, I don't think it changes a whole lot for Najee. I mean, like if you, I don't know if Najee didn't prove anything in the, over these last two games to you, I don't think he's going to prove anything more to you. I, I guess this Colts team, um, it's probably a bit of a better defense than they've, they faced the past couple of weeks, but no, I don't think Najee can, you know, you'd like to you'd like to keep seeing him do it consistently, but I don't think he can really show me anything this week that I didn't already know about him or didn't see over these past couple of weeks. Yeah, I agree. I, I I have the same mindset when it comes to Najee. I think that the last two weeks have just been what we've expected all season long, really. But I do look at it as an opportunity to say, like, okay, look, like a lot of people think that I can't win games for this team. Maybe I could. You know, maybe mm-hmm. I could go out here and put on a huge show and even if they don't walk away winners like be like all right well you know Najee Harris was a bright spot of the offense by himself with no help for a second game in a row and a bright spot in the offense for three weeks in a row at this point because there's still a lot of fans out there that you know are very very eh, timid I would say on edge about Najee in this season I think Mm -hmm. a lot of that could go away uh, with a good performance in Indy but I agree like it's not like a lot to prove in my eyes and your Mm -hmm. eyes He's been pretty fine. Um, the other side of Mike Tomlin is Kenny Pickett and Deontay Johnson. We'll start with Kenny, who, uh, who who's had two, I don't know, how do you want to classify this? Okay games? Like better than normal games? Yeah. I yeah. I mean, I felt like he's, I felt like the Bengals game, he had a good half. Um, yeah. I think you could kind of say the same thing for the, the Saints game. Um yeah, and you know, we got kind of two perspectives on uh, two different perspectives on this relationship this weekend. Um, I listened more to Kenny. You listened to Deontay's perspective on it, so we can kind of mesh these here. But Kenny was talking talking a lot about the the coverages and the defense and what they allowed him to do, and that was something that I think Tom, Mike Tomlin reiterated today. Um, they said that Deontay is. Uh, He's the guy, you know, he's the guy that when you're an opponent looking at a scouting report of the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's the guy you circle um, probably more than anyone else. And that means they're going to double him. That means they're going to send different coverages his way. A lot of um, 
a lot of a lot of double teams and stuff like that, and that makes it harder to to get him the targets that you probably want. Um, the other thing is, I think that we can go back to something that we talked about earlier this week, and the fact that Bengals players called out the Steelers for being predictable. Um, And I think that plays into this a little bit as well. When someone's being doubled like Deontay is, um, you'd have a better perspective, uh, you know, on it, given that you were at the stadium. But when a guy's being doubled like that, it's on the offensive coordinator. It's on the play calling. It's on, it's on a lot of other people to help him out a little bit. And there's still two sides to this coin Then I'll get to that in a second. But like, if you're not able to move Deontay around and, and, disguise what you're doing with him, getting him in different positions, get that extra man off of him, then you're not really doing your your job as a coaching staff, I think. Um, yeah, I agree. And, and you look at, you know, what Canada, that there's been so much in the last 48 hours of, well, you know, it's not Matt Canada's fault the defense gave up 37 points. I agree with all of that, no doubt. But there's still little bits of what you should be doing that aren't being done And I think this is a prime example. You get called out for being predictable. Your top offensive weapon gets shut down. It's not like Deontay Johnson. And this was my first thought when Mike said that, when Tomlin said, oh, well, you know, he's the commodity. Teams are going to focus on him. Yeah, they are going to focus on him. But Steven Diggs doesn't get shut down like that. You know, I mean, the second name that came to mind was Michael Thomas. He doesn't really exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Justin Jefferson doesn't get shut down like that. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, they don't get shut down like that. And I get that that's a whole other level there. I understand that, but you could take it to a smaller degree. Christian Kirk doesn't get shut down like that. You know, Hunter Renfro doesn't get shut down like that. There are there are guys that are on Deontay Johnson's level that still have great games. And on top of that, there is no, no chance that defenses are not watching George Pickens 11 games in and saying, Deontay is the guy we got to double at all times. I don't even care if George catches the football. You do not, you do not let Deontay yeah. touch the ball. I think it's more of you know what Deontay's doing, just like you said, is predictable, and you're allowed to just do the same thing. And maybe Canada at that point just kind of like gave up on him, which is you know a reflection of him. Yeah, and I guess there is that that point about like George Pickens had a good game, Pat Fryermuth had a good game. Like there's yeah. there's that to think about, but yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. Like if Deontay is the guy that he said he is that he's getting paid like he is that he wants to be that he thinks he is like all of those things. If Deontay wants to live up to his reputation as this number one guy, you got to deal with double teams. This is the life of being a number one receiver in the NFL and one of the highest paid ones in the NFL. Um, yeah. So he's got to, he's got to fight through it just as much as his coaches and his quarterback and the rest of his teammates have to help him out. Yeah, they do. And, and that kind of leads into what Mike said on Kenny, which is, that he, he's pleased. He, he likes the direction that he's moving. However, could it be faster? Absolutely. Um, it, the exact quote is, could it be faster? Absolutely. I don't think anybody is patient, including Kenny. This is not a patient man's business. You work while you wait. That's what he and we are doing. He is doing a nice job in general. I agree with that. Kenny is taking steps forward. He hasn't turned the ball over in two weeks. He's thrown a touchdown now. He's led an offense to 30 points, but it's slow. It's very, very slow. And where does that line end if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers watching Kenny Pickett before you start to worry? Not before you give up. You know, I'm not giving up on Kenny Pickett. But where is that line before you start to worry 
to say, all right, this is going real slow. I, like, I don't know. I've tried really hard to like not be a Kenny alarmist. Like, uh, I'll say it once. I'll say it again. This is this is a rookie quarterback in uh, one of the worst offenses in the league. Like, that's the yeah. You know, it's just so hard for me to. I don't know. Like he's when when he's like I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from it is how he's taking care of the ball. I think. Mm-hmm better as of late you know kind of relative to where he was when he first kind of took over the starting role and i think that's what i'm looking for most and i a lot of the conversation i think recently has been about the throws that he's he's missing or the reads that he's missing um i I don't know for a guy at, at his level right now just in his station where he's at um i'm real comfortable with him just taking care of the ball making the plays that are right in front of him um you know, obviously he's missing those. Like that's where he can improve. But yeah, it's. I think as long as he progresses, I'm not. Uh, quite honestly, the speed doesn't concern me as much as it does just the fa- just you want him to take steps forward. I'm not. I, I can't see him as concerned about how big those without big those steps are. So, I think I've asked you this a dozen times now. But what is that next step for you? What like what in your, you know checklist of progressions for Kenny Pickett what is next on that list yeah it's it's not it's uh it's moving on from just not making mistakes but it's it's the throwing guys open type of thing it is the making those splash splash plays types of things it is it is moving beyond being safe and being you know reliable with the ball in your hand and being explosive at sometimes that's I think the next step is you know it doesn't have to be every time you don't have to be Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen right away but you have to be able to threaten someone vertically and and you have to be able to put the ball in the end zone with your arm um yeah. that that's what I think is next because uh, uh, we've talked about it a little bit but these drives that the Steelers are going on even when they score they are methodical Methodical is one word for <laughs> yeah. it. Like slow That's is a another word for it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's they're not as dis- they're not disciplined or um they're not disciplined or talented enough to be able to go on ten play, twelve play, fifteen, fourteen play scoring drives every every time. You gotta you gotta get it all in one play. Sometimes like that's that's how you'll that's how you'll that's what really good offenses do and it's not as simple as just you know it sounds really simple as just make explosive plays like why can't you do that why can't you just score 60 60 yard touchdowns every time but no you got to have those chunk plays you gotta you gotta be able to make up a lot of ground really quickly and just limit the number of opportunities you have to set yourself back yeah i think if you if he hit george pickens in the end zone right on that that play which i don't i don't know if that that wasn't his fault that, that was wasn't a, his fault. I mean, it was. It was definitely. It would have made George would have been real close. Like he would. He would have had to drag his feet, but I, mm-hmm. he definitely would have caught it if he didn't fall. He turned the wrong way, which was there was no need to turn before mm-hmm. Kenny released that ball. But if he hits George right there, like in stride going into the end zone, we are not having the same conversation right now. And that, mm-hmm. but that's the thing is that he didn't. He threw it late, and that's you know it's not on him that George fell. That was George's fault, but. He still threw that ball late. And 
I agree with you. That's the next step is you have to hit a point where those chunk plays are more natural. It's not mm-hmm. just like, oh man, like he hit him, but it was still like a, uh, you know, he kind of got lucky there type of play. Like you have to be able to that, that touchdown that should have been caught by George Pickens at the end of the game. Like that's, that needs to be more consistent. You got to be able to find those guys when they're open and anticipate that they will be open. But, and, and I think that's the thing. And I want to say, like, I think that's the next step that he'll take, but I'm going to be more skeptical. I'm glad that you're not an alarmist because I've definitely started to hit that point of, worry for Kenny Pickett and I don't want to I'm I'm trying very hard to restrain myself is it is it worry or like I don't know I just want to get a better read on like because I I don't keep I don't mean to keep saying this but we're like we're not that far into not six and a half games really six because he didn't play half of the Saints game or half of the Bucks game no it's not like it's not worry it's it's not worry of how far he could go. It's not worry of of like, oh, he's already progressed and peaked and this is as good as he's going to get. It's a more worry of like what can be taught and what cannot be taught at an NFL level. Like, mm-hmm. like is his ability to process where receivers are, is that something that you can get out of him and kind of develop better? Because a lot of quarterbacks just make like really bad throws, but they're still like taking shots. You know what I mean? And like, that's, that's okay. Because at that point you just got to like calm a guy down. But with Kenny, it's more of, he just kind of seems afraid. And I don't know if that's the offensive coordinator. I don't know if that's the fact that he's only six and a half games in and the fact that he got thrown in at halftime of a game and you know, Really, he, he he talk about jumping on a moving train. He jumped right on a moving train in yeah. the first year of his NFL career on a bad team with a bad offensive coordinator with a bad record. Yeah. Um, so you, you toss all that together, you start to think, all right, yeah, that's fine. And that's why I, I like to calm down. Like I tried very hard to be realistic about the situation, but my concerns are more like what can you get out of him to develop into a better to a better quarterback and also like how handicapped is he because he doesn't have the coaching staff around him to actually develop him into a quality quarterback he's mm-hmm. basically as of right now he's got to do this by himself yeah yeah that's yeah from a coaching perspective and a talent perspective like i think that's that's worth asking too i think especially the talent the talent one uh the talent question like that's that's worth asking too you know if they go get one of those there are a ton of great receivers in this draft. If the Steelers are able to pick real high and go get one of those guys, are we having these same conversations again? Um, you know, if there's a more diverse kind of set of weapons for him to 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 work with, if there's a better offensive line, and then of, of course we have to come back to the offensive coordinator like we always do. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, you know, th- those are all all worthy questions. But I like that's a good point. That's a well, I I definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah, it's just a, you know, and and again, like, I'm glad that you are much more relaxed about the situation because it pulls me back when I start to get going, but Mm -hmm. there are, there are, there are definitely concerns. All right. I do want to talk about uh, two hall of fame semifinalists for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Leal Collins calling out TJ Watt for apparently crying at the end of uh, the Bengals game, not actually crying, but we'll get into all that. But first uh, we got a special word from our boys over at Manscaped as we approach their biggest sale of the year. 
It's never too early to play holiday music, and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts. Whether it's for a friend or the friend in your pants, you can make this a season to be jolly with Manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the Lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Then add in Manscaped's top-of-the-line shower products to have the people thinking, all I want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about a sack, and so should you. Look nice when you get naughty by going to manscaped.com and using our code STEALERS20 for free shipping and 20% off. Uh, For everybody out there listening, huge Manscaped fans, we already know. This weekend, right through Cyber Monday, is their biggest sale of the year. You want to jump on it. Trust me. The Manscaped's Platinum Package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. It has everything needed to help you deck the halls from face to balls just in time for mistletoe season. The Platinum Package is has each product from the best-selling Performance Package plus Ultra Premium Body Wash, Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, and ultra premium deodorant. It's the best way to smell fresh from your Santa hat to your candy cane. The Lawnmower 4.0 body trimmer and the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin safe technology to protect your delicate presence. Plus, both are waterproof, so there's no issue clearing the snow out of your driveway. There's also a 4000K LED light on it, so you can light the way just like Rudolph. Now that you've groomed your candy cane, it's time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer with the Platinum Packages shower products. All of the Manscaped shower gear is sulfate-free, vegan, and made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. But smelling good doesn't stop at the shower. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner can solve stank problems all day long. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. The Platinum Package 4.0 sitting under the tree is guaranteed to put anyone in the holiday spirit. And for the perfect stocking stuffer, add in the brand new body buffer, an incredible body scrubber that makes exfoliating easy and is a lot cleaner than that old loofah. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code STEALERS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and just use our code STEALERS20. Manscaped. Get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. As I said, they are holding their biggest sale this weekend. Uh, so definitely make sure to go check that one out. Uh, they sent me a flag. Do I have the flag? A flag? Wow. Oh, I do have the flag. So I'm trying to convince my uh, fiance here. Let me uh, get through this. I'm trying to convince my fiance to, uh, I say we hang this bad boy up right in the front yard. Yeah. <laughs> right on wow huge huge your balls will thank you yes your they will thank you wow. i got a i got a i got an email you know right at the beginning of the month me and mm-hmm. me and uh sam that's our sponsor go mm-hmm. back and forth at the beginning of every month just talk everything out make sure we're all on the same page and then he was like you want a flag for your for your studio and I was like, I was like, yeah, sure. And like, you know, you as you could see, not a lot of space. So I thought it was like a mm-hmm. little flag, like something I could hang somewhere mm-hmm. that like, you know, I, I, Manscaped's been very good to us. I appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Um, the fans obviously appreciate them. If you've ever read our comments, which, you know, we do from time to time, it's literally just 90% of love the Manscaped reads, love talking about balls. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. same. Um, so I was like, yeah, send it over. Then I opened it up and it's ginormous. And I'm like, well, I... uh 
don't have the room, obviously. So we have to think of other ways to play it. And I say, stick a flagpole right in the front porch or right in the front yard. Hang it up. Maybe put an American flag above it or something. Right. I was going to say salute it every day. Every day. Just do the little manscaped. Your balls will thank you. And get on right. with your day Very every single simple. morning. She uh, she's not on board with it, but that's that's early. shocking. That's shocking. I can't. I, I was that. also very surprised, but you know mm-hmm. we're you know slowly but surely we're getting there. We're mm-hmm. getting there. All right, let's talk about the 2023 Pro Football Hall of Fame class. The Steelers have two semifinalists. I think we got to talk about Heinz Ward first. The two are Heinz Ward and James Harrison. This is Heinz Ward's seventh time as a semifinalist. Everybody knows his accolades. He's you know, Super Bowl MVP, uh, what is he? He's a two-time champion, um, three-time All-Pro selection, four-time Pro Bowler. He's the hardest-hitting wide receiver in the history of the NFL. Um, semifinalist, again. Does anything, I don't think anything changes this year, and that's super hard to say, but I think the bigger question is, do you ever see Heinz Ward finding his name into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Well, I mean, yeah, if it was if it was up to me, he would have been in a while ago. I don't know. Like this this feels like a no-brainer. And it sucks because like you can't I don't know, Heinz Ward can't come back into the league and and rewrite his resume. Um yeah. so once you hit like a few years after, it's really hard to see anything changing. And I think that's a real shame because I, I feel like most of the people you would ask not just in the city, but I think around, around the country, you know, people who just watch football um, and were, and were, you know, watching football during his, her, during his time, this should be a no brainer and it hasn't been. Yeah. And and that's the toughest part is so for one, like getting in as a wide receiver is nearly impossible as it is. It's ridiculous. Um, I remember when Tim Brown got in like five years ago and I was like, this dude's been retired for a, a decade now. And he's now getting into the hall of fame. Like that doesn't make any sense. Tim Brown was one of the, greatest wide receivers of my generation and and you know it, it just gets bigger like Devin Hester is a prime example well if Devin Hester doesn't get in this year I'm giving up on the pro football hall of fame because that dude's the greatest returner of all time I think me and you have gone back on maybe he wasn't supposed to be in as a first ballot hall of famer but in my head it's like the easiest to sit he's the greatest returner of all time he needs to get mm-hmm. in but he's a wide receiver so that's tough you know Tory Halt's on there and I think that's the question this year. Like if they will take a wide receiver and I think it's almost like guaranteed that they have to because of the names on there. Does he stand out above Anquan Bolden, uh, Devin Hester, Tory Holt, Andre Johnson, Steve Smith, um, and Reggie like- Wayne. Oh, Reggie Wayne's tough. Reggie Wayne's I mean, tough. Reggie Definitely Wayne's the toughest the- one outside of if you remove Devin Hester and put him just as a returner, I feel like Reggie Wayne's easily the hardest one. Oh yeah, Reggie Wayne. Probably, I I would if you made me pick one of those guys, like Reggie Wayne, probably the the one I had to pick. Devin Hester, like that's a, a, like a, a few of those guys definitely should be in there. There's there's only two or three I think that I would pick out from that list that should be in over Heinz Ward. You know, like mm-hmm. if you were making a rent, like most deserving from least from most deserving to least deserving, Heinz has got to be like I don't know. I would put him above Anquan Bolden. Oh, definitely. Like, I think he's right there with Tory Holt, like him and right. Tory Holt. But Tory Holt's another one. Like, should have been in a while ago. Yeah, while this shouldn't ago. be this hard. Like, I'm no. I'm also pro. Like, most of the time when I'm like thinking about whether or not someone should be in the Hall of Fame or not, it's a gut thing. Like, 
Yeah. Yeah, they were good. Like I, I yeah. just kind of do it off the top of my head. Like I don't feel like I need I feel like if you know these guys are big enough names that you know, maybe it's different for offensive linemen or whatever. But I'm also I'm very liberal with my uh my off my Hall of Fame allowances, I guess. No, but I agree with that. Like it shouldn't like the whole five, you know, and my dad is a is a very strong proponent of you gotta keep it to five because then anybody gets in, it turns into the basketball hall of fame. And I'm like, but like, but like sometimes like the NFL is totally there's 22 guys on the football field at one time, and then you add special teams into that, and you're telling me that you only five of these guys out of 32 teams get in every year. Like that's, that's ridiculous. That's how you end up with guys, you know, like, um, I don't even, I mean like on this list, like Devin Hester, like Tory Halt that aren't getting in like Heinz Ward. So I, I don't know. It's going to be. Yeah. Like I, I hate to break it. People, I hate to break it to people, but there's a lot of good football players. Like they're oh, a ton, a right, ton like, of good football players. Like why, why do we have to, why do we have to do this every year where we like, where we think that being good at football is like a zero sum game. Like if one person's good, then another person can't be like, the, yeah. it's the most frustrating thing. And they do it with every sport, but like, yeah, I don't but know. Like, I feel like, go ahead. I don't know. Think, think about this, like this list alone, the 28 people on here, like you could go through it. Eric Allen. I'm not going to lie. I don't really know who that is. Jared Allen. In my opinion, hall of famer, Willie Anderson, hall of famer, Rondé Barber, hall of famer, Anquan Bolden, maybe Porter. Yeah, Borderline, I think, Henry honestly. Ellard, I don't really know who that is. Jahari Evans, don't really remember him. London Fletcher, Hall of Famer. Dwight Freeney, Hall of Famer. James Harrison, Hall of Famer. Rodney Harrison, Hall of Famer. Devin Hester, Hall of Famer. Tory Halt, Hall of Famer. Andre Johnson, I think another borderline, but I think he'd get in, and I'd put him mm-hmm. in over Anquan Bolden. Mm-hmm. Albert Lewis, don't know who that is. Robert Mathis, Hall of Famer. Darrell Revis, Hall of Famer. Steve Smith, Hall of Famer. Fred Taylor, Hall of Famer. Joe Thomas, Hall of Famer. Zach Thomas, Hall of Fame. That's another name. Zach Thomas should have been in the Hall of Fame 10 years ago, and he's not. Yeah. Heinz Ward, Hall of Famer. Demarcus Ware, Hall of Famer. Ricky Waters, Hall of Famer. Reggie Wayne, Hall of Famer. Vince Wilfork, Hall of Famer. Patrick, Patrick right. Willis, maybe just because his career short, but if he finished his career, it would have been a no-brainer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I still even think now he gets in. And Darren Woodson, Hall of Famer. Like, yeah. That's 27 out of 28 guys that you're just like, well, they should all be in the Hall of Fame. And you're going to pick five of those. I mean, you're going to narrow it down to 15 and then you're going to pick five. Like I, that just doesn't, that just doesn't make sense. I, on the other side of that though, does, do you think James Harrison is a first ballot hall of famer? Do you think he does find his way in here with those guys that I just named, which is tough. I know like so yeah. hard. Yeah. I mean, it, like it comes down to like, I think he should be in and I don't think you need to like, you should have to like consider like first ballot, second ballot, whatever. But like, there are a lot of guys on there that need to make it in before James Harrison does. Yeah. Like that is just, you know, because they've, they've waited too long and you know, they've had, you know, some more decorated careers. Like he, he has a tough resume to stack up against those guys. Oh, he's got like so hard. Yeah. So hard. And I, that's the, like, I just, it just doesn't make like, you know, cause again, like you're right. Like, you know, Jared Allen, that's he, they're right on the line there. London Fletcher, I don't think this is his first time up, but like London Fletcher to me was a Hall of Famer the second I watched him play. Dwight Freeney's the same way. You know, there's just Robert Mathis. I don't think he's a first bat, or I don't think this is his first time up there. Darrell Revis is easily getting in. You know what I mean? Zach Thomas, I'm putting Zach Thomas in above James Harrison, but Zach Thomas should have been in five years ago. Right. You know, Demarcus Ware is the same way. I just, and then like Vince Wilfork, was Vince Wilfork up last year? I don't think I think he was. 
Yeah, like, and that's another remember, guy. Yeah, like the dude, the, the dude redefined. He he was the last mm -hmm. ginormous big man outside right. of Nadamik and Sue, I guess. But he should. I mean, Vince Wilfork was unstoppable. Like nobody Vince was four hundred pounds able to do what he could do. Right. He nobody. was. That was showing my Patriots fandom again. But like, oh, he was so fun <laughs> to watch, man. He he was just like he was just such a joy to like have on your team, man. Like, that's what it, I'm it saying. Awesome. That's the same way with James Harrison. You know what I mean? People like James Harrison was not a one year stunt kind of guy, like one defensive player of the year and then disappeared. The dude was the best edge rusher in football for five, six years, you know, without any hesitation and then continued to be dominant late into his career. And still to, the, I mean, he should get into the hall of fame just because of how scary he is as a human being at 40 years old, mm. no doubt in my mind, but it's tough. Like it's, it's so tough. So if you to pick, if you'd, you you don't think you don't think uh, Harrison Bynes. I guess the the if real I, question is, you know, what? How high of a percentage do you think he has to find himself into? Because I I do think James it's higher Harrison? than Hines. Yeah. Oh really? You think it's higher than Hines? Uh yeah, maybe yeah. at this point. I think at this point. So, I mean, Hines yeah. has been here for seven years. You know, like that. at that point, he's fallen off a little. Yeah. Bit. That that makes a lot of sense. Just like if, if Heinz hasn't gotten in by this point, probably won't like the odds that at least yeah. James Harrison had like is just starting his clock, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Oh, if James Harrison never gets in, that's ridiculous. Like Heinz Ward not getting in is ridiculous, but like James Harrison was a generational, you know, like one there, like you could look at this name, like these names and like Jared Allen, um, Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis, uh, who else was coming off the edge? Demarcus Ware, Ricky Waters is an edge rusher. No, Ricky Waters is a safety. Um, but just those four edge rushers alone with James Harrison, the only guy that I think I'm going to put over him is Demarcus Ware. That would mm -hmm. be the only name on that. And like the other guys, I are, I'm not trying to take anything away from them. They're all oh, Hall yeah. of Famers. Oh yeah. But, but like James Harrison was unstoppable for mm -hmm. a long, long, long time. You know, yeah. like unstoppable. So yeah. I don't know. I agree with you, though. I don't think the Steelers find any of them in the Hall of Fame this year. And it's like it's super disappointing, actually, that you just got to yeah. sit around and wait. And because of that, I think the biggest argument with the Hall of Fame is because of that. Like, I don't know if Heath Miller is a Hall of Famer, but I think he deserves to get farther around the, along that list than he'll ever get. And he never will because... Mm -hmm you know, he's not going to compete with these guys on this list and that these guys are always going to be here. You know what I mean? There's always going to be 40 names that you're like, well, he should have got in 10 years ago, you know? And mm -hmm. then that, that, that'll keep getting bigger. The NFL has to certainly adjust. Yeah. Because definitely. that's just, it just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. All right. Last thing I want to talk about here is Bengals offensive tackle. Layal Collins decided uh, after the game that he was uh He's gonna he was gonna let the people know that TJ Watt wasn't really having it. So you gotta remember TJ Watt finished this game in week eleven with uh six tackles, two pass deflections, half of a sack, and uh, an interception that was nearly impossible to come up with, but somehow he did. But to Leal Collins, this is what uh this is what he had to say. He told reporters after the game, TJ knew we had to line up against me, so explicit. You know, at the end of the day, he was crying to the refs. So I'll see him again next year. That's what he said. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't even to know. Me, yeah, this was, 
this is like the type of thing you can say when you win, and it's like no matter what, TJ can't say anything about it. Steelers fans can't really say anything about it because nope. No matter what, a Bengals fan, a Bengals player can just come back and say, "Well, you lost." Um, well, you lost. Right, and well, like I don't know, this is TJ's played two games this year, or no, not two games. Uh, he well, yeah, he's played two games against the Bengals this year, and yeah. I don't know. He played really well in both of them. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like it, this was, but I don't know. That kind of all goes by the wayside when, when you lose. And that's the unfortunate thing, but I don't think TJ is going to put any stock in this. I, I doubt he cares at all. Um, I don't no. think anyone else should really honestly, but it's interesting. It's AFC North football, man. That's, this is what, this is what the rivalry is. Rivalries are stupid sometimes, but that's what yep. makes them rivalries at certain points. No, very true, very true. I think he will use this as fuel next year. Do I, I like you know he won't ever say it out loud, but I think next year when these two meet up, he's gonna eat his lunch. Like it's gonna mm-hmm. be ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. that being said, he was definitely complaining a lot to the refs, mm-hmm. but he should be complaining a lot to the refs because TJ Watt literally gets tackled on the, there was a play where he actually got tackled, and I tweeted out TJ Watt just got tackled because mm-hmm. that's how you have to defend TJ Watt. So I think he's got every right to complain to the refs. I just don't know. You know, he's TJ Watt. He'll never get a holding call in his entire life because he's TJ Watt. Like they won't even, they're not even going to bother looking his way because, and even if they do, like, what are they going to do? Throw a flag be like, oh yeah, you should have done better against TJ Watt. Like, no, you can't do better against TJ Watt. That's just what it is. Right. If they called every holding in every game against every star pass rusher, there wouldn't be any real plays. You know, it would just be, Five yards, five yards, five yards, five yards, or ten yeah. yards. Away. You know, we just we'd be watching penalties for the entire game. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't get past that. But to call him out, I mean, I think he's just that's asking. bold. Like, like bold, right? You bold. can talk a little. You can talk a little trash, like with your teammates, I guess. But like, I, I don't know. That's you're putting uh, Joe Burrow at in danger. That's what right. You're that is the other thing. Yeah, because like, like imagine, imagine if somehow the Steelers turned the season around, found themselves in the postseason, and for some miracle of a reason, Chris Hallmark Christmas movie, TJ Watt versus Layall Collins happened. Wild card round. TJ would have seven sacks, and Collins would have no, like he might lose his job. He might lose his job over what TJ Watt would do to him. And like a normal player, that's whatever. But this is TJ Watt, who's like one of the scariest human beings on the planet. And just uh, like, he's probably got more motivation than anybody will ever know. Like in 40, 50 years when TJ is retired and, you know, just sitting around and they make like a, like a football life of TJ Watt. He'd be like, yeah, I, I actually had a room where it had every bad thing that was ever said to me. Anytime somebody talked smack on me, it was all in this room, but nobody, not even my wife ever saw it because I never wanted it to get out. And like, I guarantee you that he, like, there's no way he just forgets. And he's just like, yeah, I'm just this good. And I don't need any motivation. Like, no, he's this good because he's that motivated. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Absolutely. It could, it could be bad, but it was a bold move by Lyle Collins. Yeah. It was a little bit of a, it was a little bit of, I, I think I know you're, I'm not going to see you again for until oh, next year. Yeah. So. There's no way they would have said that if they won in week one, zero yeah. chance. He would have said that because that's why I fit. So I'll see him next year. Like, that's yeah. why he ended it with, I'll see you next year. Because yeah. he knows. He knows that if, it, oh, I'll see him in week 11. Totally different story. Right. Totally different story. 
All right, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcast. Check all of mine and Steven's workout at allsteelers.com. For everybody and anybody watching, please have the best Thanksgiving. We wish you nothing but the best on your holiday. We will be back, or I will be back on Friday with Derek. We all have podcasts dropping from now till then, so make sure that you check everything out. Enjoy your holiday. Enjoy the gorgeous weather outside in Pittsburgh. Peace. (laughs) 